When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans. Welcome to another episode of Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. As always, you are here with my Gower. And in case you missed the announcement last week, we are now on Mondays. So Her Hoop Stats Unplugged has moved to Mondays. And of course, as we did last week, we'll be talking about all the big Sunday action today on the podcast. Lots of happening every Sunday in women's college basketball. So we're now on Mondays to cover all of that. Also, we've got a big Monday matchup coming up this week. We won't quite get into that on the pod, but we will definitely talk about it next week. UConn taking on Oregon on the road in what is not a top 25 matchup, but the Ducks are at full strength. Again, they have Tahina Palpel and Daya Rogers, Nayara Sable and Sedota Prince all on the court together. They pulled off a big upset over number seven, Arizona, with the four of them on the court together for the first time on Saturday. So Number 10, UConn on the road at the Ducks Monday should be a great one. We'll go into details on that and where the Ducks stand and and UConn stands after that game next week. But this week, we're going to get into all the action, a lot of stuff in the ACC, which has been a super deep league so far this season. So here to kick it off, I'm here with James Hyman from our Hoops Desk team. Hey, James, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. James writes our weekly ACC column, so we're going to dive in a lot on the ACC this week. Obviously, there's tons to talk about there, but I feel like being we're recording this on Sunday night, before we get to the ACC, we've got to start a little bit in the Big Ten because quite the interesting game to wrap up the big Sunday slate today between Michigan and Maryland. I fully expected Maryland to win that game. I was like, this is Maryland's chance to finally get kind of a statement win on their resume. That did not happen. They 
lost to Michigan and not close either. 69 to 49 was the final score. I think I saw a tweet that it's the first time that Maryland has failed to score 50 points since 2013. So definitely not the Maryland offense that we are used to seeing this year. Yeah, and you would have expected uh, with a win this big for Michigan that it was going to be all Naz Hillman, and that just wasn't the case. Um, Maddie Nolan had, I believe, seven threes, and some of them weren't even contested. Um, but so it was a really impressive win for them. For sure. Big one for Michigan. I think a team that I haven't been as impressed with over the last few weeks, but I think this is a big statement win for them. They've faltered a little bit at the start of Big Ten play without loss to Nebraska, and they had that earlier kind of big loss to Louisville, but this is a big win for them. And like you said, Nesselman only had nine points, so definitely not the box score you're probably expecting when you hear that Michigan won by 20 points. But Maddie Nolan, I think Michigan's a team that's struggled to find that third option. It's really been Naz. Hellman and Leah Brown, but Maddie Nolan really stepped up for them in this game and they're able to get it done. And then, I mean, on the Maryland side, I just like, <laughs> I don't understand what happened. Like this is a team that their offense is just usually so good. They don't even score 50 points. They shot 31% from the floor, 25% from three, just a, a really rough game from them. I think part of that is Angel Reese had a little bit of trouble with that matchup in the post. She was two of 13 from the floor. And it was a player that's been really good for them, even against like South Carolina when she's had to match up with an Aaliyah Boston, but just really struggled in this game. Yeah, and outside of Reese, no one could uh, grab a board for Maryland. I think they got out-rebounded pretty handily by 10 or 15. Um, and against a big Big Ten opponent, you're, you're not going to be able to come back from that. Yeah, exactly. So many games are decided on the glass. I think sometimes an overlooked stat, but really just like sometimes that rebounding margin is really all you need to know about a game. It's like once a team's been out-rebounded by that much, it, it's really hard to win a game if you aren't winning the boards. Definitely. So, yeah, interesting things happening in the Big Ten for sure. I mean, interesting things all around the country this weekend, per usual, but we're going to focus mostly on the ACC so we had two big games there, too, this weekend, or just today. North Carolina played Duke, or sorry, NC State played Duke, and North Carolina played Notre Dame. So two big ranked ACC matchups today, as well as plenty of other games in the ACC. Typical, you know, Sunday crazy slate of basketball. I feel like maybe let's start with North Carolina and Notre Dame. This Notre Dame team, I feel like, is maybe a little bit better than people are getting them credit for. I continue to be impressed with them, I think, week after week. Yeah, I think what impressed me most today was uh, the versatility of especially their starting five. Everyone in that starting five can pretty much score one-on-one, -on -one, um, which is something that North Carolina really struggled with today. Uh, Eva Hodgson was out with COVID protocols. Or, I'm sorry, I think she had a, has an undisclosed injury of some sort. Um, and she's their second leading scorer. So they really only had two, two people who could score in uh, Deja Kelly and Alyssa Utsby. But what Notre Dame was able to do, um, specifically uh, Dara Mabry with, I believe, six threes, um, 24 points, um, 24 points, yeah. And their pressure on Notre Dame, especially in the half court, was really impressive. 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, this Notre Dame team just continues to be so much better than they were last year. Last year, they didn't even make the tournament year before had a really rough season. And obviously there's some credit due there to their freshmen that have helped turn things around, but Neil Ivy just has this team in such a better place than it was a year ago. And like, this is a big win for them. Their resume just continues to look better every week too. They've lost a couple games. I mean, one of those losses is to UConn. That's the not a bad loss at all. And they've also got a loss to Georgia and then just that very close loss to Duke. They've now a pretty big win over North Carolina. So definitely a team I think that we're going to see deep in March, probably this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I thought it was a, a really underrated game out of uh, Maya Dodson, especially defensively. She did end up with uh, 10 points, but she had four blocks and Utsby had a terrible shooting game. She really couldn't get open against her inside. Um, especially in that 12-0 run that Notre Dame had right after halftime. And that's kind of when they took the reins of the game and didn't let go. Um, Mai Dawson played really well in that stretch. Yeah, for sure. She also had 11 rebounds today, which is another great number. Five on the offensive end, too, which is, is super impressive. So a great game from her. And then maybe a little bit of choir scoring game from Olivia Miles, but she's just been so impressive all season long and quieter scoring game, but she still had eight assists. So still had a huge impact on the offense, even though she only had seven points in the game. Yep. I believe she is leading the ACC in uh, assists right now. Um, and some of them were pretty flashy too. Uh, she had some great passes in that game to set up her teammates. Yeah, I know she's not technically a true freshman because she played you know, a few games last season, but still just such an impressive season so far for someone that is a freshman and she's out there playing like a veteran running the point for this team quite a bit it's been really impressive it has to be yep. probably one of the best point guards period in the country little alone freshman certainly and their actual true freshman and sonia uh, citron um she played really well especially at the beginning of that game before the rest of her teammates kind of got into the groove of things she knocked down a couple of threes um and her intensity was really great to start that game for sure. Yeah. Been really impressed with this Notre Dame team. I also don't want to like totally discount North Carolina because I think, you know, a team that stays undefeated for so long, when you get into conference play, it's easy to kind of be like, all right, well, now that they have to play, you know, these other ranked teams, how are they going to look? And they got really beat badly by NC State in their first kind of tough game of the season. It just got buried by them, but they've rebounded nicely from that loss, which I think they've kind of proven that, okay, yes, we lost that game, but we are still probably a top 25 team. They came back and had a big win over Virginia Tech to follow up that loss. And yes, they lose today to Notre Dame, but they lost by five points to a really good Notre Dame team. So I think this North Carolina team too is proving that, you know, they belong in that top 25 and they're one of the, in the contenders in the, ACC. Certainly. Deja Kelly is an electric scorer, and they even could have made this a much closer game with a few seconds left. Uh, they decided to not foul until there were nine seconds left on the clock, which is kind of inexplicable, but um, it definitely looked like they had a chance to win it at the end if they had applied a little bit more pressure defensively. But watching Deja Kelly, I think she scored 22, um, and she could really get her own uh, shot whenever she wanted, which was really cool. Yeah, and she didn't have the best scoring night either, and she still scored 22. So I think that tells you just everything you need to know about her. But she's been really impressive all season long. I think one of the most fun players in the ACC to watch this year and a big part of obviously why this North Carolina team is at where they are in the ACC. So the other big game, kind of ranked game today, was North Carolina State versus Duke. Not 
quite the, the close game that we got between um, North Carolina and Notre Dame. NC State really ran away with that 84 to 60. And then Eliza Kinane had 23 points. I think seems to be a bit of a theme that we're seeing with some of these Duke losses. I just don't think they have as good as they are. They just don't have the, the size to match up with some of these really good post players that are in the ACC. Yeah, definitely not. And it didn't help that uh, Celeste Taylor, their second leading scorer, uh, wasn't in the game today. Um, but it really came down to, in, in my opinion, NC State being incredibly clean with the ball. They only had four turnovers, two in each half. Um, and when you're an underdog, you have to apply some kind of defensive pressure. Especially, I think they Duke had 17 turnovers of their own. So giving your opponent 13 extra possessions, not a chance that they're going to beat NC State. Yeah, exactly. If it's one of those games where you're going to beat a team that's in that kind of top tier of teams in the country, like NC State, you have to put together a really clean game and 17 turnovers is not that, especially when you're you're not forcing them on the other end in order to kind of make up some of that difference. I think it's a little bit refreshing also to see NC State have only four turnovers. I feel like so many of the top teams in the country right now are struggling with those turnovers. I think it's, you know, Stanford had a really close game today with Utah turnovers were a big part of that. We've seen South Carolina struggle with turnovers. It seems to be a theme this season, but NCCA, a team that's certainly in that kind of top national tier, in my opinion, at least, not really a problem for them, which is, is nice to see. Yeah, and we luckily get a matchup on Thursday of NC State and Louisville. So we'll finally be able to kind of crown a top dog in the ACC, at least at this point in the season, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's so interesting, too, because Louisville and NC State, especially this season, are two very different teams, in my opinion. You've got a Louisville team that's so defensive-minded. Like, really what makes them so good is their defense. They struggle to score sometimes, but on the other end, they're just so well doing so well defensively that it kind of makes up for the fact that they've struggled to score. And then down the stretch, they've been able to get it done with Haley Van Leith has just been fantastic, I think, down the stretch for Louisville in those close games. And then on the flip side, you've got an NC State team that's just so good offensively. Like we said, four turnovers today, but they shoot the three ball so well. They shot 46% from deep in the game today. They have, I think it's something crazy, like four or five players that are shooting over 40% from deep on the season. So it's a team that can really shoot the three, really strong offensively. Um, and of course they're not bad defensively either, but I think it's just two flip sides of like where their strengths are of these two top teams. Yeah, definitely. They're both top five in the her hoop stats rating. They're both top five in AP pool or AP poll, the net rating. Um, they're definitely two of the top five teams in the country. So it's going to be exciting to see who gets this first matchup, even though all they both really care about is what happens at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it's going to be interesting, though, because I think these games are going to go a long way in March, too, in terms of like seeding, because NC State and Louisville, like we said, two of the top five teams in the country right now whoever kind of wins, I think the best of those matchups, assuming they you know, don't lose too many other games in the ACC is probably going to get a number one seed. I would say probably the champion of the ACC is going to fit into that number one row somewhere. So these games, I think are going to go a long way between the two to kind of determining that because that, that head to head matchup is going to be a big deal. Definitely. It's really hard to get two one seeds. So you got to secure the one, um, assuming they don't falter down the road. 
Yeah, exactly. Anything can happen as we've seen quite a bit this season. So not saying for sure that either will be a one seed, but I would expect that we're going to see one of those two on the one line. So that game on Thursday is going to be a big part of, I think when you get to March and are looking at those two resumes head to head, like which one ends up there and which one ends up on the two line. Certainly. And Louisville did scare me a little bit today. Um, they got down 20 to 10 against Boston College, who a testament to them, they lost to 30 the first time they played Louisville. Um, they had a few nice wins in a row. They're led by two really intense playing seniors. And then Louisville decided to start playing again and kind of took control very quickly in the second quarter. But if you, I know Calvin was on here last week and he's the kind of go to betting guy. If you could bet on Louisville's under in the first quarter, you would be very wealthy. They do not come out of the gate hot. Um, but it was still a fun game to watch. For sure. I feel like that's also just like one of the things with, you know, having such a defensive minded team that the score is always going to be low. So it just allows teams to kind of hang around a little bit more, I think. And we saw that today early on with Boston College and then Louisville is able to pull away. But I think we, it's, it's not something uncommon that we've seen from Louisville's season. Like you said, they don't come out super hot. We saw it against UConn. They came out and were down at the half. I think we saw it against Kentucky. So they really have to fight back a little bit in the second half. Be interesting to see if they can kind of turn that around a little bit as we go into the the rest of the season because I think they've been still been able to pull out those wins but something like that can be a problem come March when you're digging yourself into a hole early in a game in an NCAA tournament yeah I definitely agree so one more big ACC game today Georgia Tech ranked 16th in the country played Miami and they lost to Miami so big upset for the Hurricanes big win for Miami not a great loss for Georgia Tech. Final score was 46 to 45. So just ugly game all around. Yeah, Georgia Tech had been moving up. Um, at least my idea of where they were in the ACC. They had a bunch of wins in a row, including over UConn and uh, Georgia in the SEC. And they barely lost to Louisville. But earlier this week, they should have lost to Florida State and got bailed out. And that would have been a pretty bad loss. Um, and it finally caught up to them because although Miami isn't the worst team in the ACC. This is their first ranked win since 2019. They are one of the worst offensive teams in the ACC, as can be seen by them scoring 46 points and still managing to win this game. Um, and they only have one player who scores over eight points a game. So it was an impressive win for Miami, but I think a lot of it has to do with Georgia Tech kind of falling apart. Um, Lorelai Kubai only had six shots. She only made one of them. Um, so I think they definitely need to get her more involved as their best player um, if they want to kind of end this little skit of poor performances. Yeah, and Georgia Tech really just fell apart in that fourth quarter, only scored four points in the fourth quarter, obviously not how you want to uh, end out a game. Almost basically the opposite story of their game against UConn that they won, where UConn, I think, only had something like four points in the final quarter, and Georgia Tech was really able to kind of pull away because of that, the opposite here. and. Like you said, I mean, Miami still wins this game and they only score 46 points. Just not pretty offense from either side, but Miami's just able to get a little bit more done there. Yeah, and hopefully Miami keep it going. Uh, they do have a game against Duke coming up. And as we know, Duke is also hasn't had the most impressive performances lately. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this was just a fluke or if they can kind of compete with those ranked teams. I don't think they can, but they have a chance. 
You never know. I feel like I'm trying to remember who exactly it was. Miami gave someone a little bit of a run for their money earlier in the season in the Bahamas. Trying to find that game. I want to say that was Indiana. Yeah, yeah, it was um, Indiana. I don't remember what the final score was. The final score was 53 to 51. So again, not a pretty offensive game, but they were able to, you know, keep that one close. They ultimately lost, but only by two points. And they also gave Maryland a pretty good run for their money in that Bahamas tournament too. Of course, that was, you know, a very injured Maryland team, but still 82 to 74. So much prettier offensive, but they only lost to Maryland by eight points as well. So the team that's been able to, they haven't pulled it off until this game, but it's given some teams some trouble. Yeah, and you know what? They actually, I, a 12-point loss doesn't necessarily seem like a good thing, but when it's to NC State, that's still pretty impressive. Most teams have been getting blown out by them. So maybe Miami will surprise the people. They had some pretty bad losses early on, um, and then were out with COVID for pretty much a full month. But if they become a player in the ACC, that would make it a much more interesting conference. So I guess I'll root for that. <laughs> yeah, always rooting for more interesting conferences. I mean, in a conference that's already so interesting too, you've got six AP top 25 teams and then Virginia Tech as well as receiving votes. So we've already got seven teams that are kind of in that top 25 range. And you now Miami is kind of, you know, upsetting some of those teams. You can really kind of, anyone can be anyone to an extent, I would say, on any given night, which always makes things fun. Definitely, definitely. Kind of on that note, in your ACC recap that you write for us every week, so for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter so you get all of our articles, including James Weekly, ACC Roundup. You've got some power rankings on the ACC. I have last uh, week's up in front of me, so we can kind of go through those, but obviously some things have probably changed given what we've just talked about. I mean, Definitely. that first tier, I think, not surprising. Louisville and NC State in that tier. You do have Louisville ahead of NC State, which to me is a little bit interesting. I'm curious for your reasoning there. I think I have to give the benefit of the doubt until Louisville loses a second game. Um, this is now, I believe, 16 in a row. And I think Jeff Waltz's 400th career win with Louisville, so that's very exciting for him. Um, but I also think they have more upside. Like you said, their defense is insane and they do have the pieces on offense where eventually they should put it all together so I guess it's not necessarily the best representation of right now power rankings um, but I believe at the end of the day Louisville is a better team than NC State and maybe I'll get proven wrong on Thursday uh, <laughs> but for now that's what we've got gotcha makes sense to me I think you can argue it either way I would probably go the other way just because I, I agree with you that Louisville does have the pieces like I think eventually Hilly Finley starts have to start falling it just happened but I do think that we saw a team last year still that relied so heavily on Jada Evans scoring. Obviously, that's not there this year. And then I think the thing that just stands out to me so much for NC State has been their depth this season, what they've been able to get from their bench. Uh, Diamond Johnson has been fantastic. They also still have Jada Boyd on their bench. That depth for them, I think, is maybe just puts them slightly above where Louisville is. But, I mean, like we already said, two top five teams, it's splitting hairs, I think, at this point. Yeah. I think that next year, though, is where it gets interesting. I'm going to read down what you had kind of last week. But, I mean, this group of teams, it's all kind of middle bottom of AP poll, top 25 grouping. But just so many teams, I think, that are playing into the depth of the ACC this year. Why it's one of the best conferences in the country, I think, right there with the SEC this season. We've got North Carolina at three, Georgia Tech at four, Duke at five. 
Notre Dame at six and Virginia Tech at seven. I mean, all of those teams are just teams that I think that can come in and make a splash in the ACC, but also we're going to see them in March. And I think they're going to be interesting teams in the tournament too. Yeah. The main reasoning behind that tier was tier two was anyone who I think has a reasonable shot at beating a tier one team. The problem right now is every tier two team, those five teams you just named keep beating each other. <laughs> so I can't put a team above another one because then they lost to that team. It's, a whole mess. Um, and more of it happened today with Notre Dame beating North Carolina. Um, the biggest of those kind of games that makes it more confusing was a few days ago when Virginia Tech got absolutely demolished by Notre or by North Carolina. Um, yet at the same time, Virginia Tech has now beaten Duke twice this year. So there'll certainly be some movement in that tier, Georgia Tech losing to Miami. But I would consider all of those teams on the same sort of playing field that kind of 15 to 30 range in the country um, who all should make the tournament and, you know, could get an upset, maybe a sweet 16, but at this point aren't as dangerous as those top two teams. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. I think they're all at this point, unless something changes drastically, probably definitely tournament teams. I would be kind of surprised to see any of them not in the field come March at this point. And like you said, I don't, you know, sweet 16 might be the ceiling for some of these teams, but there's still, I think, there are teams that could pull off an upset or two in the earlier rounds, knock someone off. I think what we've just seen this season is no one's really, like, untouchable, right? We've even seen South Carolina lose that game to Mizzou, and they're, I think, still very clearly the best team in the country. So I think when we get to March, it's going to be really interesting, and the matchups are going to matter so much because just certain teams are going to be better poised to upset some of those top contenders and where they fall into the brackets could kind of really change how I think like things will fall when we get to March. Yeah, I definitely agree with that matchup point because I do think when it comes down to it, Duke is actually a better team than Virginia Tech. Um, I think they can beat more ACC opponents, which is a terrible thing to say when they've lost to them handily twice. Um, but if it comes to the ACC tournament and they don't have to play each other, I could see Duke making a little bit further than Virginia Tech. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things we said about Duke earlier, right, is that they just have a trouble with like a, a really good center and obviously that's something that Virginia Tech has Duke doesn't have the matchup for that but you put Duke against someone that you know a team that doesn't really have that even a Duke against Louisville could be like a really interesting matchup because they don't necessarily have that like dominant size inside so I agree I think Duke has a little bit more potential to kind of run an upset unless you know of course they're faced with a team that's got the 10 minute center and then it'd be like okay yeah they're probably getting knocked off yeah I agree with that 100 percent yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, you look at a team like Georgia Tech, teams that just play defense like a Georgia Tech does are always interesting in March because you're throwing a different look at teams. It's going to be a low-scoring game, which I think just gives you a little bit more potential to keep things close to actually pull off that upset. So I mean, another team I think that's going to be interesting to March. They made the Sweet 16 last year as well. So they're not foreign to that. And they're another team I think similar to Notre Dame who has a lot of people who have maybe three people on their starting lineup are cold. Uh, they still have like a fourth or fifth option who can kind of take over um, and at least get a few buckets when they need to. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important when you get to tournament, especially when you're playing a tougher team, because a good team is going to be able to kind of shut down. And if you just have two or three options, they're going to find a way to shut down some of those options or limit them. But when you have four or five options, it becomes a lot more difficult to defend you and a lot more difficult to kind of just, you know, knock you off like that. 
What's going on in the ACC? There's lots of teams that are going to be a factor in March. But I think one of the fun, most fun things about these teams on Sunday games and their Thursday games as well has been the ACC network has done a great job of covering the women's game, focusing coverage on the women's game. I'm sure you've noticed that too, watching all the games. But it's just, it's been kind of refreshing, a much different look than I think we see a lot of other women's games covered. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch, and especially on games like or days like Sunday where there's six or seven games. I mean, we'd have even more if there weren't COVID postponements today. Um, they have games one, two, three, and four, but then in between games and halftime and even during timeout, sometimes they'll kind of send it over to the studio and Malcolm McGraw's there, the Hall of Fame, former Notre Dame head coach. Um, and while she may have a little bit of bias towards her former club, um, getting that type of insight from a Hall of Famer who knows the women's game so well, um, it's, it's really, really good stuff. And I highly recommend anyone, if you get the chance to watch games on ACC Network. Yeah, I would second that so much, having Muffet there, but also just their broadcast team in general, I think has been fantastic. And the content that you got, I think when, you, when we watch games on ESPN, like one of my least favorite games is when you get to halftime and like they talk about men's games for the whole halftime break. And I don't think that I've seen that on ACC Network. And they've also got the pregame shows, the postgame shows, the things that we all wish that women's sports were covered like. So it's, it's refreshing to see it, at least in the ACC, it's happening. So hopefully other leagues are going to take notice and also do that but I do love that we're at least seeing it on the ACC side yeah and especially with how good the teams are um, I can't imagine not talking about them in between the games especially when all the games are on the happening on the same day so there's just so much content at any given time yeah exactly and I think you know that's kind of one of the nice things that like Sunday has kind of been this like ACC or well, women's basketball day in general so they've kind of really embraced that in terms of like it's like women's basketball day on the ACC network and I hope other leagues will start doing that as well because they're obviously not the only league that it's you know their big day of play see in the SEC we see it in the Big Ten as well but if you're gonna have you know everything on one day like let's focus the coverage like you would on a men's game I forget what day I think the men play every like Saturday in most of these leagues so like it's all wall-to-wall men's coverage on Saturday so it should be wall-to-wall women's coverage or yeah women's coverage on Sundays yeah, and it is sort of a bummer. I would have loved to watch a little bit more of South Carolina and Stanford today, um, or at least maybe even spaced out because most of the <laughs> games have already happened. Um, you got like prime slots right now, but um, it's kind of fun sitting on the couch and just being ready for the next eight. It's like red zone for the NFL, just seven <laughs> hours of commercial free uh, women's basketball. Yeah, I've been struggling with, I feel like you need too many screens. You can't watch them all, but it is kind of nice that like, I'm like, what am I doing on Sunday? Oh, we're watching basketball all day. That's like plans for the weekend, which is kind of nice. But yeah, I, I do have my gripes with the fact that there's like no games on for like Monday to Wednesday and then Thursday and Sunday. It's just like chaos. <laughs> can't keep up with it all. There's just too many games. Like you miss the good upsets, which is always upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, luckily, we've got great coverage at her hoop stats, so you can always <laughs> always find what you missed. Yep, someone's always in watch party. I love it. It's good to keep up with, but yeah, always lots going on. Well, thanks, James, for hopping on this week. It was great to have you on the podcast for the first time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. As always, make sure you rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us. You can also find us now on YouTube. So if you're watching, make sure to like, comment, all that fun stuff on YouTube as well. 
You can also subscribe to our newsletter on Substack to get all of the great content directly in your inbox, like James's ACC Roundup coming every week. So definitely make sure you do that. It's free. And also make sure you're subscribed to the stats site for hoopstats.com. We've got all the stats you need for the NCAA season, team rankings for all teams in Division One as well as Division Two and Three, predicted results for each game based on our group stats ratings so definitely go check that out it's just twenty dollars a year to subscribe lastly make sure you're following us on social media at her hoop stats on all platforms so twitter instagram facebook youtube you name it thanks again for listening